Pick up your microphones. <laughs> Pick up your microphones. Yo, how many mics do we rip on the daily? Welcome back to the show. The Struggle Play Podcast, that is. We're going to talk about being humble and using your platform. But I need more energy. I love you, Lauren. But I definitely played you last week. Let me pick it up. 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 Yo, Drake. Thought I was dead. West Coast. I'm the doctor's advocate. Nigga Dre shot you. Brought me back from the dead. That's why they call him the doctor. The math's gon' drop him. And 50 ain't rockin' with him no more. It's okay, I get it poppin'. Whole club rockin' like a six-four parlor. Drink Chris, throw it up. Call the shit hydraulic. Then piss in the cup. Call the shit hypnotic. I bleed confident. Spit crackin' shit chronic. So ladies and gentlemen, let me reintroduce you to episode 189 of the Struggle Play Podcast. I am your one and only host, Doug, aka Northside Doug, aka the common denominator, aka your mama's favorite podcasters, your ancestors, my ancestors, wildest dreams. this episode i want to talk about the power of the platform the power of not a podium not a chair not a desk but a public platform oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah we're going there What inspired this episode is the fallout between Ed Reed and Bethune Cookman. Bethune Cookman is a historically black college and university. And Ed Reed is a former NFL player, college athlete standout. He played for the Baltimore Ravens, went to the University of Miami, literally the 
greatest safety that I've ever seen play. And then he was hired by Bethune Cookman to become their head football coach. Had some contract discrepancies, dare I say. Long story short, this man is a Hall of Fame football player. All right, but he was only the head coach for 25 days. So literally, he goes on a rant right after he gets hired and just talks about how poor the conditions were at this institution and at other HBCUs as a whole. Like he was just very, very, very outspoken about these conditions where he just literally says these HBCU programs, and I quote, have broken mentalities and need help. That's what he said. Very, very outspoken guy. If you don't know who Ed Reed is as a person, as a man, he he never bites his tongue. And like he even admitted that his contract wasn't even done, complete. Like, and that also added to him being frustrated. Like, you know, I'm technically not the head coach. And he just kept going on and on about the school, about the conditions. He used his platform to call them out. I've been mutting and showing shit. I chose not to. But now I'm out here walking with the football team, picking up trash. But I'm mutting us. Man, get out of here, man. I should leave. I'm not even under contract doing this. I'm mutting us. Man, get out of here, man. They mutt me. These motherfuckers ain't even clean my goddamn office when I got here. I'm mutting y'all. Get your ass, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. This past Saturday, the university said that they would not ratify his contract. And, of course, he was mad about it. And he literally was like, I'm not leaving on my own accord. And bada bing, bada boom, that situation is over. He's no longer the head coach of that football program. Why? I'll tell you why in a minute. Because he followed a very similar trend that another football coach who goes by the name of Deion Sanders did back when he was coaching at a HBCU known as Jackson State. Dion literally did the same thing. You know, he. <laughs> he. The minute he got hired at Jackson State University three years ago. He also talked about the poor conditions at that school. From the field to the weight room you name it. And he also publicly talked about the discrepancies 
that he had with Jackson State University itself. And those were some legit concerns and discrepancies, right? Mainly, he wasn't getting paid the right amount of money that he should have been getting. And just a lot of back and forth and a lot of disagreements that he had with the university as a whole. He even went on 60 Minutes, CBS 60 Minutes, and literally said that if he was given an opportunity or if a school, another college, another major college from a Power 5 institution, if they were to reach out to him, he said that he would have no choice but to entertain it live on national television. And then not only did he entertain it, he accepted a job offer from the University of Colorado out in Boulder literally last month, a month ago. And Dion did what Dion did very loud and explosive personality. He went out the way he always did, does. And that's the same way he came in loud. And this caused an immediate divide, right? Because when he came to Jackson State University, he was like, I am going to put HBCUs on the map and I am going to do it by using Jackson State as a vehicle to do this. So, on one end, there were people who went to historically black colleges and universities, including Jackson State, who were absolutely furious. They said, Dion, you used these kids just to get your name up, right? Like, there's rumblings that Dion only took the job at Jackson because he couldn't get he really couldn't get a job anywhere else. Right. That's one rumor. Other rumor is that, you know, he was using Jackson State as a stepping stone so that he could eventually become head coach at his alma mater, Florida State University. Right. But. There were people who were like, Dion did what he needed to do. He is still going to help and contribute to black colleges, black students. He doesn't have to do that through coaching. And then there were people on other sides who were like, nah, 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 that's not it. He used his platform to say that he was going to help enhance and increase the names of HBCUs. And here he is leaving, breaking a five-year contract, and he just wrapped up year three. And he had a really successful year, a successful time at Jackson. The school got better and better. They went to the national championship game, the HBCU national championship game. You know, this past December, 
They lost, but they still went there, and they were a top school. They were recruiting a lot of top recruits. So here's the thing. Ed Reed literally did the same thing that Prime did. He called out the school. He called out HBCUs, and he talked about those poor conditions. Called them out. But the only difference is Ed Reed isn't Deion Sanders. So guess what happened? The school was like, nah, you're you don't have to come. here. You don't have to work here. If it's that bad, don't come at all. Let's not even ratify your contract. Right. And the thing that I have to say about all this mess is this. You cannot talk about your current employer. I don't care. I literally don't care how bad a situation is. Social media is not your friend. The Internet is not your friend. It has a long memory. And it really makes me sad and upset. That. These two grown men. Decided to use their platforms to call out these institutions. You know, I always say this. We are literally fighting the entire world. We, black people, why fight each other? Why call each other out on a public platform? Nobody else does that better than us. We are so good at calling out our own people on a public platform. Whether if you are whether if they are right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It's straight up immature. It just is what it is. I'm talking about men in their 40s and 50s. We have a history of doing that. That's the struggle. That we as a people are trying to get through. Like, and if your answer, your response is, well, they did them dirty. With, well, they did Ed dirty. Well, they did Dion dirty. So he can do it back. My question to you is this. Is that what men do? Okay. Is that what adults do? Is that what you want your kids to do? Is that the impression that you want to leave on the generation before you? Call out your own people, right? When you have to understand, right? That you have to understand why these schools are so poorly funded and why these schools' conditions are straight up trash. These are state ran schools, right? So why not call out the state or why not do these things behind closed doors? Everybody has a problem with their job. No job is perfect. So why use your platform to tear down your own people? 
Like, I agree. If the conditions are poor in, at a weight room or in a football field, then yes, change needs to happen. So why do, but why call each other out? Because you're loud and outspoken? Why do that? It straight up baffles me. It confuses me so much. I don't get it. At all. That's how we lose. That's how we lose every single time. (laughs) Transitioning into music. That reason that example pardon me of black people calling each other out embarrassing each other on a public platform is one of the main reasons why new york hip-hop isn't number one anymore just the new york hip-hop scene because there is a constant show of A civil war, a super competitive field, a city, a region that completely, that completely took it way too far. And and it's not just in New York, right? You see it in L.A. You heart, you rarely see it in Atlanta. You see it everywhere else. But like, why not use your platform to uplift? We've all seen the crazy rap beefs from Tupac and Biggie. I ain't Suck got ass. no motherfucker. So I fucked your bitch, fat motherfucker. Westside, bad boy killers. You know who the realest is, niggas. We bring it to you. First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim Westside, when we ride, come equipped with game You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife We bust on bad boys, niggas fuck 50 Cent versus everybody But Jada got him Jada Kiss, my top five, got 50 Y'all remember this deep cut? You did it, baby Congratulations, homie You made history 1.1 million in a short week <laughs> Screw a press conference. Press this on your conscience. D block. Cheers. Yeah! <laughs> I ain't mad. I don't want to sound mad. I feel marvelous. D block double R. Fucking faggot. It's like grown men, you won't win You don't even feel comfortable in your own skin I wrap my ass off, I'm fighting a champ with the glass jaw At the garden of Nassau uh-huh. See me, couple hood niggas behind stars I heard you put a couple good niggas behind bars Pray. I might never sell that much But you could bet your last two quarters I'll never tell that much uh-huh. Pitch a kiss, not come out swinging It's like going to see 50 at a show And he don't come out singing come Yeah, you got a felony, but you ain't a predicate uh-huh. Never the king of New York, you live in Connecticut what you choose to do with your platform? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's up to you. But just know everything comes with consequences. I implore you to 
dig deep. <laughs> you know, dig deep. Help the generation before you. Help somebody who is not in the position that you are in right now. And you know that you could help them get to, if not where you're at, if not higher than where you are, at least halfway. Random acts of kindness. So the song that I'm going to be breaking down comes from an artist who used his platform very well. And he goes by the name of Jermaine Cole. And this track, this joint, this banger, this brand new song is called Procrastination. you that run from it there's no boogeyman it ain't coming to hurt you i think acceptance is somewhat of a virtue to look your true dead in the face without trying to escape the regret or disgrace i write these words aimlessly but not without hope that somehow i'll stumble on something that's dope a clever little line a thought to provoke myself and that listener digging for quotes hello don't even know if somebody gon' hear this Got so many songs they get lost in the endless folders of the hard drive I wish I was more fearless Cause I just say fuck it and dump all the music for niggas that hate it And niggas that use it as fuel to push them through long nights at school Writing that last minute paper for class that's due in the morning And I still relate to that procrastination for tasks Cause I need to finish this album But hell, how many more times can I sit in this wooden pail down in that well? So, this song Man, I love it. It puts a legit smile on my face because it talks about the struggles of surviving. Damn near survivor's remorse. Right? And the beat that J. Cole rapped on. Oh, man. So super cool. It was wrapped on top of an instrumental that was released over the summer, I want to say in June. And it was made by a producer called Batman. I want to say it's spelled B V T M A N. I assume it's Batman. But the track was literally titled J. Cole Type B on YouTube. Just like how you see it all the time with a Mac Miller type B or a Jay-Z DMX type B. Like just instrumentals created by producers. And you and they would see they would create this beat specifically for particular artists. So this beat was created in the mind that J. Cole would rap on it, right? Or what a J. Cole beat would sound like according to him or the producer. And it's all over YouTube. You see these beats all over YouTube. And Cole found the beat. 
and he basically literally saw it on the internet when he was feeling uninspired or where he just hit a writer's block and he recorded this song and gave it to the producer you know and here's the quote that I love because he gave the song to the producer that he rhymed on to Batman and said thank you and every producer out there cooking up and sharing their work with the world so he basically was like this song should be on your YouTube channel and J. Cole could have easily took the beat for himself and not paid him or just paid him some money like a $10,000 flat rate fee or he could have just gave it to him and understand because he understands the importance of his platform the weight of his name the weight of his bars and what that would mean for a young and up and coming producer to have that stamp to have that cosign like that's cool like i said it last week but i'll say it again in a more clear form your legacy will not be determined off of what you do, you know, your accolades. Like, yes, you will remember your accolades, right? Accolades are great. Awards, achievements are fantastic. But your legacy will more will be remembered more by how you helped and mentored the generation before you. That's your legacy right there. And Cole definitely understood that. He understands it. He understands that there are a group of people who are feeling uninspired, but they're hungry and they're literally searching every day, trying to catch a spark, a melody, a hook, a verse, a punchline, or just trying to find some way to vent or cut through. Like, that is the day in the life of a creative. A lot of times what I go through a lot when it comes to creating these episodes, but I always push through because the minute I start feeling uninspired or I hit a wall, I just do exactly what I feel. You know, that's what I do. And then I just also go out there and live life get some new experiences and then come back so in this song cole he's talking about his inspirations and how he's working on his new album and he also just talks about being authentic he even mentions his success and financial freedoms and how that doesn't help him relate to the struggles that he once dealt with before because he's financially stable. But he does let us J. Cole stands know that a new album is on the way. Like this was such a good appetizer, right? A good teaser trailer into Cole's brand new album. And then also 
it gave us a look inside where J. Cole's mind is right now. As somebody who's in his 30s compared to when he first got into the game in his early 20s. Right? The first verse. Don't you dare run from it. There's no boogeyman. It ain't coming to hurt you. I think acceptance is somewhat of a virtue to look your truth dead in the face without trying to escape the regret or disgrace. I write these words aimlessly, but not with hope that somehow I'll stumble on something that's dope. A clever little line, a thought to provoke myself and that listener digging for quotes. Like Cole is admitting that he's dealing with writer's block or a creative block and he's hoping that this song right here right now can inspire any creative individual who's going through this right now uh don't you dare run from it, there's no boogeyman It ain't coming to hurt you, I think acceptance is somewhat of a virtue To look your truth dead in the face without trying to escape the regret or disgrace I write these words aimlessly But not without hope that somehow I'll stumble on something that's dope A clever little line, a thought to provoke myself in that listener digging for quotes Hello 2022, I probably dealt with and experienced a lot of creative blocks and i believe it was because this podcast was just going in a new and different direction and i was trying to figure out exactly what that was and who it is and who am i as a podcaster now because you know when i first started this show this show was literally literally The voice of a young man who was literally struggling, who was literally hurting and who was literally in pain and needed to vent. And now I'm no longer that same person, but I still go through my struggles. I still go through my trials and tribulations and I still need to vent every now and then. So to hear my favorite rapper be vulnerable like that and say that those exact words it's chef kiss it's literally exactly what i needed to hear i don't even know if somebody gonna hear this got so many songs they get lost in the endless folders of the hard drive i wish i was more fearless because i just say fuck it and dump all the music for niggas that hate it and niggas that use it as fuel to push them through long nights at school writing that last minute paper for class that's due in the morning and i still relate to that procrastination for tasks And you hear that Cole is also talking about doing this song, not just for creatives, but people who are staying up all night studying. You know, somebody who's in school. People forget J. Cole graduated from college, magna cum laude. A rapper, by the way. It's pretty unprecedented. It's rare. I'm not going to call it unprecedented, but it's definitely rare to hear. And it's definitely rare for a rapper to admit and say that. And that's why he has a very specific niche fan base, right? Where they aren't the broke people from school, um, from the hood that ended up 
going to the streets, but the people who literally made it out the hood and had to struggle along the ways. Like, it's a no individual struggle. You know, it's not a competition in terms of who's struggling the most, right? We all have our own battles, but that's what made Cole so unique, right? Like, how many black male rappers do you hear, you know, rap about their college struggles on a major platform and do it very well? I know. I know just one. He goes by the name of Jermaine Cole. Cause I need to finish this album But hell, how many more times can I sit in this wooden pail Down in that well and pull it back up with the hope that it's filled Plus it don't help that I'm rich now So that means that I don't gotta deal With stress of these creditors calling my cellular Like that young rapper that don't gotta deal But do got the skill and do got the will To make it no matter how long that it takes For labels to see or a song that are breaking The rest of the world to catch on that he's great uh, How do you tap in the hunger when you don't got wonder about what your name Okay, so this is it right here this is the poignant part of the entire song. How do you tap into hunger when you don't got to wonder about when your next meal is coming from? Maybe you feel my conundrum. The motive. The mission statement of this podcast alone. Is to play songs from rappers. Who are hungry you can hear the hunger in their tone they literally have to rap or sing like it is their last meal but what happens when you made it what happens when you've gotten that meal when you're no longer starving because you're good you're well fed. So what happens next when you achieve it? Where do you draw your inspiration from now? And that's what Cole is saying. Where, where do you draw your information? Where is your inspiration coming from? You're no longer stressed from hearing these from these creditor phone calls, from these bill collectors. You're no longer you're no longer afraid or self-conscious about every single song that you record. So you drop it. You just release it and you just let the world judge and you be fine with it. It's no longer. Nah, I don't want to show it. It's not ready. It's not ready. He's reached a level of confidence where he knows that he's good at his craft, but he's also reached a new stage in his artistry where he's asking himself, so where do I draw my inspiration from? My entire career has literally been built off of me making it because I'm so hungry, because I'm broke, literally hungry, broke. I got bills on bills on bills. I got student loans to pay off and I got other debts that I collected. Where does that come from? What's next for me?
how do I tap into hunger? Conundrum, or maybe the real is I'm so um far removed from the struggles of everyday folks. My shit just ain't never gonna hit like it hit when a nigga was a little more closer to broke. Broke, uh, but fuck it, the challenge be having me stoked. Throwing the talent, you gotta be joking. I push my salary up with these quotes. Now, I push the Lambo truck down in the veil, hoping I connect with something that's real. Part of me wonders why I'm even still. Still, uh. Holding on to this place, my mama been gone and my partners are straight, right? Right. So I was talking to a good friend of mine, and his takeaway from this song is that J. Cole is gonna give us one more album, and that be it. That, like, that's all, folks. And I'm like, yeah, I. Drop a la- drop your last album if you want to. We need more. But you can. I love when artists take us inside their minds, right? Because it gives me a sense that we're all not so different after all. It's just confirmation that we all go through our own struggles, our own insecurities, our own process and we ask ourselves what's next am I still hungry anymore where do I tap in from my inspirational it like my inspiration came from sadness and pain my own sadness and pain where does it come from now and it sounds like Cole found the answer it sounds like he is drawing his inspiration by lighting the torch for the next generation. By understanding that and reaffirming himself that the work that he is doing is no longer for himself, it's for his kids, it's for his family, it's for his fans. That's what that is. That's what he sees, that's what he noticed, and he's sticking to it. And so I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to keep doing this, not just for me, not just for the fans, not just for my friends and family, but for God. And that's the end of the breakdown. So now let's get to the rotation. Let me play you some songs that have been in concert rotation for me, starting with J. Cole. And grown Simba. If you know, you know. Fuck him up, Cole. Now I was dreaming about a deal at the age of 13 I was feeding for the meals, I ain't talking Burger King Some of my niggas in the veil, all they did was surfing Fuck scales, I had skills all day rehearsing Them pretty boys had them gals, spent their time flirting All they wanted was some waves like they fucking surfing Hold up now, don't get it twisted, I ain't hating, do your thing I was like a young Simba, couldn't wait to be the king Now a nigga is the prince Hopped over the fence with a grass, way greener Look at shawty ass, way meaner Something like Serena mixed with Trina, have you seen her? She fine enough to be Miss Howard, word to Adina My money like a senior, watch it graduate Now it's time to eat, I'm letting all my niggas grab a plate Gravitate the real shit, stay away from phonies These niggas heard about me, now they acting like they know me Keep on saying, where you going, nigga? 
shit, it ain't no telling. Yeah. Hey, where you going, nigga? Song number two comes from an artist who I just discovered recently. Goes by the name of Dixon. The name of this track, this joint, is pretty damn good. Song. <laughs> Dramatic pause. Pause, 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 pause. Dramatic pause. Either way, the name of this track is Heat, and it features Tinashe. And gentlemen, that is all the time that I have for this episode. Thank you so much. Episode 190 of the Struggle Play Podcast returns next week. Peace and love. My name is Doug. <laughs>